we're going to uh, look at a... I'm not, I'm not going to start a uh, sermon series because at the end of the month we're going to do Vision Sunday. And so I don't want... Um, you know, if I'm going to do a sermon series, I need, I need uh, three or four Sundays to do that, and I don't want to be interrupted. So, uh, but thank you for being here today. And as I was uh, reflecting and thinking about what to preach today uh, during my fasting and prayer this week, I really feel encouraged in the, the Spirit. I really do. I've been fasting uh, sweets and uh, breads and pastas and chicken. Can you all believe that? And so that's been very difficult for me, but I, tomorrow will be seven days without chicken, and I have survived. So I have survived. I've ate a lot of beans this week. <laughs> and so, uh, but as I was reflecting and praying about what the Holy Spirit would want to speak to you, um, uh, I, I really, there was many things going on in my spirit, but I really feel that there's a certain direction that I want to go this morning for a few moments, and so I want you to really open your heart up, and I want you to receive. I know that sometimes, um, you know, especially on Sunday morning when we've had a rough week, it's easy for us to start thinking about something else, or, or but let's pay attention. If you're not on the Bible app this morning, let's put your phone down and pay attention, and uh, let's, let's receive from the Lord. The Bible says in the book of Luke that as much as you receive, is that, that's what you're going to that's what you're going to bear fruit. So the level of your fruit is dependent upon what you receive by the Spirit this morning. And so I want you to receive. Jesus said some will receive 30-fold, some will receive 60, and some will receive 100-fold. And I want you to receive 100-fold because it's not enough just to be faithful to the Lord. I want you to be fruitful to the Lord. And sometimes we have focused so much on us being faithful, 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 faithful that we really forget that the book of John talks about us being fruitful. And so it's not just enough to be faithful. I want you to be fruitful Christians, faithful and fruitful as well. Jesus said that my Father is glorified because you bear much fruit. He didn't say that the Father is glorified because you are faithful. There are some people that are faithful for years and they are still a baby Christian. They haven't learned to control their mouth or their attitude, their thought process. They're not growing in the Lord. And so Jesus said, I, the Father is glorified when you bear fruit. In other words, the Father is glorified when you are growing, when there is an evidence of my life in your, in, in your heart. And so it's not enough just to be faithful. I want you to be fruitful as well. And so as we go to the Word of God this morning, uh, there are four things I want to share with you concerning the subject of the one thing. The one thing. Can you say that with me this morning? One thing. Look to your neighbor and tell your neighbor there's always that one thing. Amen. Everybody shout one thing. On the count of three, let's all say it one more time. One thing. Heavenly Father, we come to you in Jesus' name. We thank you for this opportunity that we have to look at your word. We pray that your word would go forth in power, that your word would go forth in boldness, and everything that's said and everything that's done would bring you the glory. And everyone shouted a great big amen. One thing, one thing. It, have you ever noticed that usually there's always that one thing in your life that if you, if you could remove it out of your life, you would feel better? Or if there's that one thing that you could have you know that life would be much better. 
it seems as though that when we're on our spiritual journey and we're trying to progress towards God, there's always that one thing that hinders us. seems like there's always that one thing that we need. That one thing that is the obstacle or that one thing that's the hindrance. And, and, and we wrestle with it. The Apostle Paul said many times, he said, one time he said, the thing that I don't want to do, I end up doing. He said, the thing I don't want to do, I do. And the things I want to do, I don't do. See, the Apostle Paul was a great man, but he wrestled with the flesh. He wrestled with that Adamic nature. Each of us have that Adamic nature, or what the nature is from Adam. That Adam nature within us that desires to do wrong. It's sinful. And we wrestle with that. When we become a believer, when we become a Christian, we receive a new nature. But we still wrestle with the old nature. We have a new nature, but we wrestle with the new nature. We've got to learn to put to death that old nature. And we have the ability to do that through the Holy Spirit. And usually, we all can trace things in our life to that one thing. You know, if I can get delivered from that one thing, or if I could have that one thing, I know that my life will be better. And I have learned, listen, I have learned in my short years of ministry that usually when you get victory over that one thing, or you, 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 you get the one thing that you desire from the Lord, it, it, there's always another thing. You know what I'm saying? There's always another thing. But... I do believe that as we progress to the Lord, that we should to do spiritual evaluation of our heart and let the Lord check to see if there's anything in our life. You remember what the Apostle Paul said? He said, I press towards the mark of the prize of the high calling of God. Now I want you to pay attention to that scripture. He said, I press towards the mark of the prize of the high calling of God. In other words, there is a prize for all of us but there are marks before we get to the prize. And sometimes we are so enthralled about the prize that we forget about the mark. And as believers and as Christians, we've got to set goals in our life. We've got to set marks in our life so that we can get to the prize. Some of us get impatient. We get frustrated because we want the prize or we want that one thing. And the Holy Spirit is saying, listen, You've got to get to the mark before you get to the prize. You've got to set some marks in your life before you get to the prize. The Apostle Paul said, I press towards the mark of the prize of the high calling of God. It's just not about the destination, church. It's about the journey. It's just not about the prize. It's about the mark. You see, it's about the mark. It's not about just the destination. It is about the journey. It's not about the prize. It's about the mark. And so as we look at the Scripture, there are four things in the Bible. No, I'm sorry, five Scriptures, at least in the Bible, that talks about the one thing. The one thing. And if you look throughout the Bible, there's at least five Scriptures that talk about the one thing. The one thing. And that's what I want to do this morning. If you're taking notes, I, you, I encourage you to take notes. I want you to pay very close attention to the five scriptures in the Bible that talk about the one thing. And I want you to see about, I want you to see what the writers in the Bible, how they describe their one thing. Alright? I want you to look in the Bible and I want you to see how the, the authors and those who wrote the Bible, and those who recorded Scripture, what they said their one thing is. 
And as you look at David, David was one of the very first people that described his one thing. The Bible says in Psalm chapter 27 and verse number 4, David was the very first person that described his one thing. In Psalm chapter 24 and verse number 4, he said this, One thing I have desired of the Lord, that I would seek the Lord, that I would dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire of His temple. So David was the very first person that talked about the one thing. And his one thing this morning was to dwell in the house of the Lord. In other words, his one thing was to inquire of the Lord. His one thing was to have a relationship with the Lord. His one thing was to be in the Lord's house. I love this. His one thing was to be in the Lord's house. I'm going to say that again. His one thing was to be in the Lord's house. And I want to ask you a question, church. Is your one thing to seek the Lord? Is your one thing to be in the house of the Lord? Is it a priority in your life? Is your relationship with the Lord a priority? Are you making Bible reading a priority? I've asked you to read through the Bible. Is it a priority? Are you, are you participating in the discipline of fasting? None of us like to fast, but it's a discipline. Are you, if you're not intentionally going forward, you are unintentionally going back. And I'm going to say that again. If you're not intentionally going forward, if you're lackadaisical about going forward, you're unintentionally going back. And that's why you've got to put as much energy in going forward than you put in your old lifestyle. Your level of consecration to God should be as strong as your consecration to sin was. If you're not intentionally going forward, you're unintentionally going back. And David said, my one thing is that I would be in the house of the Lord. My one thing is that I would be in the presence of the Lord. That was a desire of his. And you know why it was a desire of his? Because it was a priority in his life. It was a priority of his life. There are other scriptures in the Bible that talk about the one thing. Do you remember the one thing uh, in the book of Mark chapter 10 and verse number 17? It's a story that you've heard of, one thing. Look at the story in Mark chapter 10 and verse 17, and I quote, Now as they were going on the road, one came and knelt before him and asked him, Good teacher, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? I want you to look at the story here. Verse number 18, the Bible says, And Jesus said to him, Why do you call me good? For no one is good but one that is God. Verse number 19 you know the commandments. Do not commit adultery. Do not murder. Do not steal. Do not bear false witness. Honor your mother and your father. Verse number 20. And he answered and said, Teacher, I have done all of these things from my youth. And Jesus said in verse number 21, He said, looking at him, loved him, Jesus loved him and said, One thing you lack. Go and sell whatever you have, give it to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. Come and take up your cross and follow me. Do you see that phrase, one thing, one thing, one thing, one thing? Jesus said, there's one thing that you lack. There's one thing that you lack. I know you have great possessions. You've got great material wealth. But there's one thing that you lack. Jesus 
loved this man, looking at this man, had compassion on this man, and said, listen, I know, I know you're a good man, but there's one thing that you lack. He said, I want you to go sell your poor. Give it to the poor. Go sell all that you have. Give it to the poor that you may have treasures in heaven. Now, this Scripture is very perplexing. People have misinterpreted this Scripture. That's why you have nuns and monks who will sell everything they have, get rid of their worldly possessions, and go join a convent and a monastery and serve Jesus all the days of their life. Certainly, there's nothing wrong with that. I don't diss them for doing that. Kudos to them. But I don't think that's what that means. I think that the point that Jesus is trying to make, He's not making a law for every generation. Jesus is not against you being happy. Jesus is not against material wealth. Jesus is against material wealth having you. And Jesus is saying, be careful that your attachments to your possessions don't replace your love for me. That's what Jesus is saying. You've got to be careful that your attachment to things do not replace the priority of me in your life. Do you see what Jesus is saying? Jesus is saying you've got to be careful that you don't get too attached to the things of life that they become an idol in your life. That that's more important. Do you know anything in your life that's more important than God is an idol? Anything that takes place of God in your life is an idol. That means your spouse can be an idol. Your children can be an idol. Your dog can be an idol. Anything can be an idol if it takes place of your love for God, it is an idol. And you've got, Jesus said, you've got to love me so much that your love for your children, your love for your family is almost as hatred. Now, that's pretty strong. That's very strong. I don't like to read that. But if we really want to be obedient to Jesus, Jesus is saying, I demand total obedience. Jesus is saying, if you really love me, I've got to become priority in your life. Because if he is not number one, nothing is going to work out in your life. If He is not number one, nothing's going to work out. I promise you, it ain't going to work out. Because there is a void in your life that only God could fill. God, when He created you, He put a void on the inside of you. There is a hole inside of you, and only God could fill it. And sometimes we spend all of our life trying to fill that void with other things. But I want to tell you that nobody can fill it but God. He's the only person that can feel it. He's the only person that can bring true happiness and joy to your life. There's one thing that you lack. In other words, Jesus is saying this. You've got to be careful that your attachments to things do not replace your love for me. One thing that you lack. You know what he's saying? That one thing that you lack this morning, that one thing that you lack is surrender. One thing that you lack is total surrender. Number two, look at the other one thing in the Bible. The other one thing in the Bible is a familiar passage of Scripture. It's found in the book of Luke. Luke chapter number 10, and I want you to look at what the words of Dr. Luke is. Luke chapter 10, beginning with verse number 38. Verse number 38. Now it happened as they went, he entered into a certain village, and a certain woman named Martha welcomed him into her house. And she had a sister called Mary, who also sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word. 
But Martha was distracted with much serving. And she approached him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me alone to serve? Therefore, tell her to help me. Martha, Martha, why are you worried worried and troubled about many things? But one thing is needed. And Mary has chosen the good part, which will not be taken from her. Do you see the phrase? Do you see the phrase in verse 41? One thing. There's one thing that's needed. Remember in the other story, it's one thing that you lack. But in this story, it's one thing that you need. And what did he need? What did she need? Well, you see the story of two sisters, Martha and Mary. Martha is very busy. She's cleaning the house. She's cooking. She's preparing. She's very hospitable. Now, don't lose me, church. Mary is at the feet of Jesus. Now, is it wrong to serve? No, it's not wrong to serve. But Jesus said, Martha, don't complain about Mary. Mary is sitting at my feet. That's one thing that's needed. So what's the point? Get this, church. The point is, if you are serving and you're not at His feet, that's wrong priority. And I've seen this in the church. People will be stuck in the nursery and serve day in and day out, or the kids ministry, or the youth ministry, or whatever they're serving, and they never get to come to church, they never get to worship, they never get to be at the feet of Jesus, because some of us want to go to church and we don't want to serve. And the problem is, is that you need to serve, but you need to be at His feet as well. And some of us want to come to church and always be at His feet, and we got a lot of people serving, and they never get to be at His feet. You are not called to sit sour and soak. You're not called to get fat on the Word every week. You're called to be like Martha. You are called to do something, serve, but at the same time, you can't forget what is needed. At the same time, you've got to be like Mary, and you've got to sit at His feet sometimes. And sometimes what we have done is we have exalted serving so much that people have spiritually died in the nursery. They've spiritually died in kids' church. They've spiritually died in the youth group because they never get time to be in the presence of God with other believers. And that is why if we ask you to serve, it's because it's not about you. It's people need a break. People need help. We are a body of believers. We are the hands and feet of Jesus. It is not a toe job to do all the work. It's not the hand job to do all the work. It is all of us working together for the gospel of Jesus Christ. Come on, somebody. It's all of us working together. No one person should feel like they should carry the load. No one person. We all, should have, we all should have the activity of Martha and the heart of Mary. We want to be at His feet. Because listen, if your worship, get this, if your worship don't outweigh your service, then your service becomes an idol. I don't know if you all just got what I just said. Look at me. If your worship does not outweigh your service, then your service becomes an idol. That is why people, 
will think that the worship department is theirs. Or they'll think that the ministry is theirs. And if you try to talk to them about it, they get offended. You know why? Somewhere in their heart, their worship is not outweighing their service. And they think their service belongs to them. And they have idolized it as a god. I'm preaching real good up in here, and y'all ain't helping me preach. I said your worship has to outweigh your service, because if it doesn't outweigh your service, it becomes an idol to you. That's why people get offended and leave the church. I can't believe they asked me to step down. I can't believe they asked me to. You know what? Your heart is not the heart of Mary. I've passed her a long time. And this is not to you directly. I'm just preaching. You know, I'm just making a general statement. I've pastored a long time. And people want to come in here and they just want to do whatever they want to do. And listen, we have a process. We ask you to go to intro point to learn about Christ's point. We ask you to fill out the next point card. We ask you to do certain things because we are trying to develop a church of purpose and not have a church of haphazard. And it's not that we don't appreciate your gift. It's not that we don't value your gift. You could sing and you could preach like the best of them. But if you come to a body of believers, we ask you to go through the process. That shows that you have the heart of Mary and you're willing to submit to the process. So when your heart, when you don't work with your worship, don't outweigh your heart, your service, your service becomes your God. It becomes your God. There's one thing that you need. One thing that's needed, Martha. You're serving, but you forgot to spend time with me. I appreciate that you cooked the casserole. I appreciate that you got the house ready. But there's one thing that's needed, Martha. You have forgot to sit at my feet. Number three. John chapter 9, verse 24, you see another scripture about the one thing. Now it's a story, I don't have time to read all the story, but it's about a blind man that was healed. And the religious leaders went to the blind man, they asked him what happened to him. And the man said, whether he's a sinner or not, I do not know. But one thing I do know, the religious leaders said, he was blind, but... Now he sees. The one thing I do know is this. He was blind, but now he sees. I love that. Because there are many things I don't know in life. You know, sometimes people look at religious leaders and think they have all the answers. I don't have all the answers. I know the one who has the answer. And sometimes I've got to wrestle and navigate with problems because I don't have all the answers. But there's one thing I do know, and there's one thing that you should know, that there was a time in your life that you were blind, but now that you see. And that is the greatest miracle ever known to the human race, that it is possible that you can be in darkness and be brought out of darkness into light, that you could be unregenerated and be brought into light, that that you can be in a place of despair and be brought into a place of hope. 
That is the greatest thing. There's many things I do not know, but one thing I do know, there was a time that I was blind, but now I see. Is there anybody in the building that can wave your hand and say, I don't know a lot of things, but I can testify that I'm saved and I know that I am. There's one thing that I do know. There's one thing I do know. In closing, there's one thing, there's another one thing. Philippians chapter 3, verse 13. He said, Paul said, Brethren, I do not count it as have apprehended, but one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things that are ahead. You see what the Apostle Paul said? He said, There's one thing I do. There is one thing that I do, and that is this. I forget those things that are behind me, and I press towards what is ahead. There's one thing that I should do, and that is this. I am going to forget everything that's behind me, and I am going to go forward in God. I said this a few moments ago. If you're not intentionally going forward, if you're not putting energy in going forward, you will unintentionally go back. He said, there's one thing that I've made my mind up, and that is this. I've got to forget about what happened, and I've got to press towards what's in front of me. Now, did you see this? Did you see the progression here? I started out with the Scripture that David said, there's one thing, Psalm, I think, 27 verse 4, he said, there's one thing that I desire, one thing, that's to be in the house of God. Now, don't lose me because I'm going to close. I want to tie it all together. He said, there's one thing that I desire, and that is to be with God, to be in the presence of God, to be in the house of God. That's one thing. And then you go to all the other one scriptures. Mark chapter 10 verse 17, there's one thing that you lack. One thing that you lack, okay? Make sure your possessions don't replace me. There's one thing that's needed, okay? One thing that's needed, you've got to be at my feet, not just serving all the time. There's one thing that I know, I was blind, but now I see. And there's one thing that I do. I've got to forget those things that are behind me, and I've got to press towards What's ahead? It's interesting that the first one scripture is in the Old Testament. That sets the foundation. My first desire is to be with God, to be in His presence, to be in His house. And then all the other one scriptures plays off that one scripture. How do I know? David said, my heart is to have a heart for God. And then the other scriptures pinpoint to that scripture. Because the rich young ruler, the one thing that he lacked was a heart of surrender. Right? Mary and Martha, the one thing that you lack is a heart of service. Number three, the one thing that you lack is a heart of witness. There's not many things I do know, but I do know that I was blind and now I see. That's a heart of witness. You testify that I was blind, but now I see. And the last one is I've got to forget what's behind me and press towards what's in front of me. That's the heart of ambition. 
So you've got a heart. I need a heart of surrender. I need a heart of service. A heart of witness. And a heart of ambition. And all of that will never happen unless your first desire is to be with God. Unless your first desire is to be in His house. Unless your first desire is to have God in your life. Because listen, you can go through the... You're never going to be surrendered. You're never going to be a true witness. You're never going to press forward in God if God is not the center of your life. That has to be number one. And when that's number one, then the thing that you lack and the thing that you need and the thing that you know and the thing that you do will automatically fall in line because your priority is right. Did you hear me? There is one thing that you lack. What is it? A heart of surrender. Make sure your possessions don't replace your love for me. One thing that is needful. One thing that's needful. Yes, I want you to worship my, my feet. Uh, you've got to make sure your worship outdoes your service. Or you'll make your service an idol. But we have to serve. That's needed. There's one thing I know. I was blind, but now I see. I'm going to witness to that fact. And there's one thing that I do. I can't change everything behind me. I can't go back and reverse time and try to change things. I've got to leave it behind me and i got to go forward. And as we go into this new year, church, let's press forward. Let's be intentional about going forward. Let's be intentional about our relationship with God. Let's be intentional about our journey in the Spirit. 